Well, we are working our way through Matthew, which, as you recall, is my favorite gospel, partially because it is the teaching gospel. This is the gospel that's set up with five teaching discourses to correspond with the five books of the Pentateuch to show that Jesus is the new Moses. Today we begin the third of those discourses, which has a number of names. It's all this stuff about the kingdom of God, or as I like to say, more parables than you can shake a stick at. What are parables? We're going to hear seven of them in the next three weeks. So today's a good day to talk about parables. Parables are not just a simple story with a moral. Dr. Ruth Queen Smith, one of our great theologians, has said, a parable is like an orthodox icon that you look at, but then you are drawn deeper into the mystery to contemplate. One of our grad students said on Sunday, he said, a parable is an invitation to dialogue. Parable comes from a Greek rhetorical term, parabole. You've probably heard simile and hyperbole. This is another term. A parabola is something where you find something in common between two things that are very, very different. Sort of like a metaphor, I guess. And parabola is also the origin of the word parabola. So yes, today we will have a homily that includes a little bit about analytical geometry. (laughs) There are some engineers in the room, so they will listen really hard while the rest of you tune out. How about that? Today, we hear probably the most straightforward of the parables in this discourse. You know this one, backwards and forwards, but let's not settle for the simple explanation given. A parable is an invitation to dialogue, to contemplation. Let us delve more uh, deeply into the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Let us ask God to allow us not only to look, but also to see. May we not only hear, but also listen and understand. So what, again, is a parable? I would say my definition is a parable is a story with an unexpected twist, inviting us to deeper reflection. And I guess the homily last night was good because there was a woman who said, you know what, at the end of your homilies, you should open it up for dialogue with the group. And I said, I think they'd lynch me. So just reflect deeply on your own, okay? But as I say to people, if we think we completely understand a parable, we're probably wrong. There's always more to explore. Parable, parabole, parabola. Parabole, finding something in common between two things that are very different. What do a line and a point have in common? What they have in common is the curve in between where every point is the same on that curve, is the same distance from the line and from the point. That is a parabola. Don't worry, it's not all analytical geometry. Sister Pat Parakini is a great friend of the Paulist Fathers. She served on the formation team. That's the group that Father Charlie will be leading in a few weeks in Washington. She was on that team years ago. She was famous for giving out DWIs to Paulist seminarians, meaning stop complaining, deal with it. But the thing to know today is she was my first preaching coach. And she said to us, that the worst homilies preached in Christendom are preached on today's gospel passage. Because 
most preachers just explain again what was already explained by Jesus. That is not my job today, to just paraphrase that explanation. Our job is to go deeper. I don't think this parable is just simply saying there are four kinds of people in the world, those who hear the word but ignore it, those who have initial enthusiasm for the word but fade, those who get distracted, and those who hear it, get it, and blossom. Because we are not static beings. Also, God doesn't destine anyone to be in those first three categories. A parable accomplishes a lot more than that of a simple explanation, just as a parabola does more than relate a line to a point. Parabolas have a very interesting property that I used to use as an optical engineer. If you make a mirror with a paraboloid shape, all the light beams parallel to the axis are reflected through this, that point. Okay, for those of you who are analytical geometry fans, there's the proof. For the rest of you, just look at the red. The red lines are, are all parallel, and then they all go through that point. And that is why the point of a parabola is called the focus. So what is this parable inviting us to focus on today? Well, I have four different ideas. The first one is, all of us go through various phases of our own discipleship. When we first heard the word, perhaps we were like the seed on the path. It just sort of didn't register with us. But as we met additional people who witnessed to the word in their lives, maybe we started to internalize the word in fits and starts, like the seed on rocky soil or the seed surrounded by weeds. All of us are called to continue to strive to take the word into our hearts and magnify that message by 30, 60, or 100 fold. A second thought is all of us are probably working through all four phases at all times in our lives. For example, probably most of us have some pretty good soil in our hearts for loving a few special people in our lives. But there are probably some other people in our lives that we love pretty well until they try our patience. And then something chokes off our expression of God's love, sort of like the weeds choke us off. There may be other people that we meet who are very hard to love, and our hearts to them are as hard as stone. And perhaps there are other people in the world that we don't even recognize as people that we are called to love, people who are very different from us, people who live in remote parts of the world. And maybe for us, the seeds of love are snatched up without ever taking root. A third thought is that not all is lost for the seed that has fallen on the path in the rocky soil or among the weeds. I used to walk to elementary school every day, and the school was closed the year I left there. I hope that's just a coincidence. But when we would walk to school, the last part of the path onto the playground was an asphalt path. And since the school's been closed, that asphalt path has broken down. And now, if you had never walked on it, you wouldn't realize it was even there because the seed has blossomed completely on the path. We also know that there are certain kinds of plants that can grow on very scant soil. 
and that their roots can break down the rock and turn it into rich nutrients. Anyone in this crowd who gardens knows that there are always weeds. We just need to have patience to pull them out as we can recognize them so that the flowers have space needed to grow. But there's a fourth thing I've been thinking about with this parable, and it's related to the horrifying national and international events in the news of the past few weeks. We have ISIS in Syria and Iraq tearing those countries apart. We have the immigration and humanitarian crisis on our own southern border the violence escalating between the Israelis and Palestinians at an alarming rate, and most of all, the incomprehensible massacres going on in the Central African Republic that the media just seems to be refusing to cover. And it's made me think of a story by Megan McKenna. Megan McKenna, by the way, is the one woman who graduated from St. Paul's College. There was a woman who wanted peace in the world and peace in her heart and all sorts of good things, but she was very frustrated. The world seemed to be falling apart. She would read the papers and get depressed. One day she decided to go shopping, and she went into a mall and picked a store at random. She walked in and was surprised to see Jesus behind the counter. Now, she knew it was Jesus because he looked just like the pictures she'd seen on holy cards and devotional pictures. She looked again and again at him, and finally she got up her nerve and asked, Excuse me, are you Jesus? I am. Do you work here? No, Jesus said, I own the store. Oh, what do you sell in here? Oh, just about anything. Anything? Yeah, anything you want. What do you want? She said, I don't know. Well, Jesus said, feel free, walk up and down the aisles, make a list, see what it is you want, and then come back and we'll see what we can do for you. She did just that, walked up and down the aisles. There was peace on earth, no more war, no hunger or poverty, peace in families, no more drugs, harmony, clean air, careful use of resources. She wrote furiously, By the time she got back to the counter, she had a long list. Jesus took the list, skimmed through it, looked up at her, and smiled. No problem. And then he bent down behind the counter and picked out all sorts of things, stood up and laid out the packets. She asked, what are these? Jesus replied, seed packets. This is a catalog store. She said, you mean I don't get the finished product? No. This is a place of dreams. You come and see what it looks like, and I give you the seeds. You plant the seeds. You go home and nurture them and help them to grow, and someone else reaps the benefits. Oh, she said. And she left the store without buying anything. God declares through the prophet Isaiah The seed that I have sown shall not return to me void. It shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. Let us um, focus on the essentials. Let us pray. Loving God, you continually sow your word within our hearts. Help us to be open to receiving it. 
Soften the stony parts of our hearts. Give us patience to weed out the sinfulness in our lives. May we magnify your words of hope, peace, and love by 30, 60, or a hundredfold. Amen.